Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash we do it all. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. Man, we got a very special guest in the building in the building today, man. I mean, not only is he a great NBA content creator, but he's also a big time Sixers fan, man. So with the playoffs right around the corner, with Joel Embiid having his MVP season, I thought who's better to have than, you know, my guy, uh, Rom, my guy, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, pleasure being here, and I'm excited to talk some hoops. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. That's what we do over here at Clutch Talk, man. We get into the nitty and gritty of the league, man. So uh, for the family out there, you already know what it is, man. Make sure you smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, leave a nice comment down below, and make sure you go check out uh, Rom's channel. Every all, all his channels will be in the description down below. For the family at home, make sure you grab your popcorn, and um, let's get into it, man. So let's go ahead and kick it off with our guest, the player game. Uh, the way we're going to do this, my guy, is uh, I'm going to tell you where a player where a player got drafted, um, what round he got drafted, what pick he got drafted, to the, what team, and I'll tell you what team he went to next, what team he went to next, and then um, if you don't get it, at the end of the teams, I'll give you some more hints, uh, and then we'll just go from there. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Is it a current player? or is it, it, is, it is a current player. It's current okay, player. That, that makes it much easier for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that narrows it down na- big time, man, because, I mean, if you got to decide between – Retire players, Bill Russell, yeah. and LeBron's. That's hard. It's <laughs> very hard. All right, cool, cool. So let's go ahead and get into it, man. So this player was drafted in the second round. He mm. was the 46th pick. It was in the 2014 draft. Got drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. And then he got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Traded to the Utah Jazz. Whoa. That's a lot. So Lakers, then the Cavs, and then the Jazz. Is he, what can I ask for? Right pos- can I ask for a position? Yeah, I'll give you a position. Yeah, he's, he he could play a one or a two guard. Okay, one or a two guard. Man, I'm drawing a blank here. Current currently on the Jazz right now. The tanking Jazz. <laughs> the the tanking Jazz. Yep. I have no clue. I'm gonna be real. <laughs> it is all good, man. It is all good. How about how about I, I'll, I'll give you one more hint? Oh, 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 I know, I know, I know. It's got to be Taylor Horton Tucker. Oh, yo, THT is close. It's actually Jordan Clarkson. It's actually Jordan Clarkson. Oh, THT Clarkson. is very close, but My it's God. actually Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> man. THT would have been a good one. THT would have because because he is on the Jazz right now. Uh, my next thing I was gonna pick. What pick was THT? He was a THT. first rounder. I believe. I, I, I believe THT was a first round pick. Let's figure it out right here. THT was oh he was also the 46th pick in the second round, but of the wow. 20 but of the 2019 draft. Wow, look at the coincidence. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I think my guy Romp just knows all the 46 picks in the second round, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I can I forgot about Jordan Clarkson because like he hasn't played mm-hmm. in like he he hasn't played the second half of the season since the Jazz are tanking, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the the, the Jazz came out on fire. He was on fire. The world was loving him, but uh, yeah, I agreed, man. He hasn't seen uh, much of that floor in the second half of the of the season because it just doesn't make sense for the Jazz, man. They mm-hmm. they they shouldn't try to be a winning team right now. They they're trying to go for Vic, man. Smart. But, but all right, all right. So so let's go ahead and get into our first episode of the show here. Uh, and that is news updates and injuries. So we're just going to talk about some some news we got around the league. And I got to kick it off with um, KD had his first game back, man. I mean, uh, Kevin Durant first game back from injury, 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists on a terrible 27% from the field. 
Uh, talk to me your thoughts about that game. Uh, were you able to get a chance to watch that? And how do you feel about that? Um, I saw the game. I was I was pretty impressed by the Suns um, being able to still win the game um, because Katie was really struggling from the field. And it seems like they're starting to find um, the depth with Akoji and Terrence Ross, sometimes Terrence, uh, TJ Warren. Uh, the Suns are, they look very, very good. And I think a lot of people kind of underrate their depth because they're not names per se. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in their depth, but they definitely have some tools. They have some pieces that can potentially help them in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you're going to win with Katie D-Book and DeAndre Aiden and then whatever CP3 gives you at this age. But yeah, the Suns, healthy. They got to be one of the most complete teams in the league, especially with the firepower of D book and Katie and D books playing the best basketball of his career, like the last couple of weeks. So I would be afraid of the Suns if I was in the West for sure. Uh, absolutely, man. I mean, not only just the West, I mean, the entire league has got to be on watch mm. uh, for, for, for the Suns right now. And uh, I was super excited, you know, come, come this game. I was like, man, Katie's first game back because that ankle injury looked really nasty. Like that when he went up for the, but a layup on the left side and then just rolled his ankle. It looked really nasty. Didn't know how much time he was going to miss. Um, but I was really excited to see him. You know, he sh was shaking off the rest a little bit, missed those first six shots. Uh, but he eventually did get it going. Uh, but I, I like how you touched on the point of, you know, him and Devin Booker being out there. Because what I, what I took from the game was, like, Kevin Durant got so many easy – like, he was not chasing these 16 points. He got those 16 points just at the flow of the game, just at the ease just by being on the opposite side of Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker attracts so much defensive attention that mm -hmm. if you just swing, if you just swing the rock, I mean, you are swinging the rock to Kevin Durant, arguably the greatest scorer of all time, uh, just to be able to know naturally flow into his jumper, naturally be able to get buckets. Uh, and I agree with you, man. I think the Suns um, are very scary. They're, they're, they're not a team that um, like DeMar DeRozan. I think DeMar DeRozan has to chase his points. He has to really go get it. Versus a player like Kevin Durant on the Suns, it just will come to him, and um, because of, because of that, and I think you know, come playoffs, uh, Devin Booker is gonna it's vice versa. Devin Booker is gonna get so many easy looks. Kevin Durant's mm -hmm. gonna get so many easy looks, and I mean, the only concern I have with the Suns, to be honest with you, my brother, is the fact that they haven't really got as many games under their belt as a team yeah. together in chemistry. And I mean, this team, in my opinion, is championship or bust. And when you're getting to when you're playing finals teams, they're also well put together, right? The Bucks team is also talented, but they have the team chemistry. They've been doing this together for a couple of years. So that's what I want to get your thoughts on. Are you worried about you know, the Suns' lack of chemistry coming into playoffs? Yeah, I'm really worried. I, I wouldn't pick them to win this year. I think they're leaning towards next year when they can really get the games under their belt. I'm kind of concerned of what's going to happen when they face adversity, uh, kind of like how they, they kind of faced adversity when KD was struggling, but they were at home and the home crowd was crazy because it was KD's first game. It's going to be interesting to see them in the playoffs in a scenario against a team like the Clippers who have some bodies to throw at uh, both D-Book and um, KD. Hopefully Paul George is healthy, but it's going to be interesting to see the Suns in a scenario where they're getting nothing from CP3 because we know that's going to happen at some point in the playoffs at his age. And then Aiden kind of becomes invisible. Can they overcome that? Do they have the depth to overcome that? And of course, 
they don't really have much shooters outside of KD and D book, like a Koji's hit or miss Craig's hit or miss Terrence Ross is either going 16 for 16 or zero for 24. So there's definitely concern. Can they overcome adversity? Are they going to crumble? Because we saw last year against the Dallas Mavericks, they kind of crumbled and that same scenario is going to happen. Do they have that extra gear and only having like 10 games under your belt with KD? That could be tough to overcome, like like going up against a team like the Nuggets or the Warriors who've been together for years. So that's a concern for sure for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely right there with you. Concerned about that. I mean, talent is talent wise. They got it on paper wise. They got it. But um, we know that playoffs it's it's not just that talent man it's um coaching it's mental it's a leadership it's experience mm. i think all that is gonna is gonna play into a part and i mean hey man if if, if cp doesn't get it this year you, you might not get it man no more <laughs> to be honest, to be honest. Yeah. So cp better be on kd man better be in the gym yeah for sure uh, all right so l- let's get to uh, our next um our next news here that we have um and that is some huge news in the nba man i'm talking instrumental news the kings made the playoffs for the first Mm. time in 16 years since 2006 uh so give me your thoughts on that how do you feel about the kings and uh are you happy for them how you feeling i'm very happy for the kings i think they're one of the most entertaining watches in the league this year with how they play they kind of play like the warriors um because mike brown brought that system and they just play super fast with De'Aaron fox and sabonis is kind of like a mini nikola Jokic. so I love the Kings. They got a lot of firepower offensively with Herder and Malik Monk. Their home crowd is ridiculous. I mean, you can just tell those fans have been waiting so long to celebrate a playoff run. So I think uh, people are kind of sleeping on the Kings. Um, I would, if I were like the Warriors or the Suns or the Clippers, I would want to face them because they are young and inexperienced. But at the same time, their offense is going to put up points. And I think Mike Brown, he knows, he knows he's, he's learned from Steve Kerr. And he also took that Cavs team with LeBron, rookie LeBron or young LeBron to, to the finals when there really wasn't much talent outside LeBron James. So I, I think a, l- a little too much negativity around the Kings. They can definitely um, get to the conference finals, in my opinion, because the West is so wide open. There's no dominant team in the West right now. Yeah, man, the, the the West is is really what, like wide open. I mean, I I actually just tweeted it last night. I said, uh, from the sixth seed to the eleventh seed, it's a three game separation, and I don't think we've seen this in 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 years, man. And what we also haven't seen in years is the Kings making a playoff. So mm-hmm. that's like that's that's super exciting. I actually am. Um, I mean, in California, I'm probably about like forty five minutes, forty five minutes away from Sacramento. So I go up to the Kings game sometimes. I'm definitely going to be catching some of those uh, playoff games because. Um, mm. That whole that whole rumor here going around the league that the King Stadium is the loudest arena right now. Yes, absolutely is true. I've been to the Chase Center, been to the Staples Center, and I've been to the Golden One Arena. And man, I'm telling you, that Golden One Arena it gets loud in there this year. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very very happy for the Kings. Um, we'll we'll get into the Kings a little bit more uh, later mm-hmm. in the later in the episode. Uh, but I just wanted to you know get 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 your thought on that. But let's go ahead and get to our last little news uh, around the league. And that is uh, Julius Randle, man. Julius Randle out for at least two weeks with a sprained ankle. Uh, you hate to see it right when Knicks and, the Ju- and, Knicks and Julius Randle were starting to pick it up. Uh, so talk to me your thoughts uh, about this injury, and are you concerned with uh, the Knicks' spot? 
Uh, it's definitely concerning because he brings a lot of their offense. Um, but Jalen Brunson, I'm looking at their schedule. I see the Wizards. I see the Pacers. I see the Pelicans. I, I, I think Julius Randle can uh, get them over the hump and just get them to the playoffs. Um, probably still in that same uh, fifth seed because I don't think the Brooklyn Nets will overtake them since they're two and a half games up. Um, so I think they'll be fine. Hopefully he's back for the first round of the playoffs. Um, but it does suck and they definitely need his offense, but I think Jalen Brunson has shown he's the most important piece to the puzzle for the Knicks because he keeps everything together and he makes Julius Randall's, uh, you know, negative negatives with his attitude and stuff. Jalen Brunson kind of calms that down. So if they have Jalen Brunson, they should be, they should be fine. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll side with you right there. I do think they'll be able to stay in that um, in that fifth seed. Uh, the only the, the only real concern that I have is I feel like, you know, as playoffs rolls around and if Julius Randle does miss some time, you know, early in playoffs, we all mm. know the game is played much different in playoffs. And Jalen Brunson every year, I don't know if I don't know if he can continue to be this regular season superstar that he's been come playoffs because the defenses are played different. They play a slower game, more of a half court game. He is a smaller guard, so mm-hmm. he would get really bullied on the defense end a little bit more. Um, so I, I, you know, I definitely have some concern for the for the Knicks because they're uh, only they're they're two games. Um, I believe, yeah, they're two games in front of the. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they're two games in front of the sixth seed, and then they're about like yeah, three four games in front of the the seventh seed. I don't have no concern they're going to drop to the seventh seed, mm-hmm. um, but I do I'll, I'll ultimately think that. The Knicks want to do anything in the playoffs. They're right. They are going to need both Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson out there, for sure. Okay. All right. All right. Cool, my guy. So let's go ahead and get to um, you know, the main event from the uh from the episode here, and that is you know these top five uh top five teams with the most pressure to win a championship. So for this uh for this segment, we'll just you know talk about some of these teams that we think you know have the most pressure and why. Um, so we'll go ahead and get into it. I don't know if you want to run off. Your whole five, you want me to go run off my whole five, or you want to kind of do a little back and let's forth? Go, let's go back and forth. Okay. All right. You go ahead and go first. Let me know. What's your first team? Okay. Okay. So we're going to start at the number five position? Yeah. Number That's five how we're going to do it? Yep. Okay. I'm thinking number five. I'm thinking, I think the... This might be too too soon, but I think the Nuggets are number five uh, just because they got a two-time MVP. Uh, I think they, they, they have to make the conference finals or it's going to look bad on Jokic's end. Um, but honestly, that roster, there's some flaws in there, especially defensively. So, I, so the reason they're at five and not lower is just because like, I could see them losing to the Lakers. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, so... <laughs> But just having a two-time MVP, like you have championship or bust expectations. Okay, I like that. See, I wanted to go with Denver at my fifth, but I just kept flip-flopping and I switched into mm. actually the Dallas Mavericks. I got the Dallas Mavericks as, as a fifth one uh, with most pressure because I think if you don't win a championship this year, this whole Kyrie rental was not worth it. Because in my uh, opinion, unless the Mavs win, like Kyrie doesn't stay. Kyrie goes unless the, uh, um, unless the Mavs are able to win and you know win him over and say like all right I'm in a winning situation I got a team that's gonna uh, trust in me give me the money give me the money that I want um, 
So basically, if you don't win this year, you just lost Spencer Dinwiddie, who was, don't get me wrong, he was inconsistent, but he was important to the team's offensive end a lot of times. Dorian Finney-Smith, who was extremely important to the team. He was a major part of the defense that was already lacking. So you lost, you lost those two guys. And if you don't win this year and Kyrie walks, you lost them for what? For nothing? Uh, and yeah. then you might even risk losing Luka because who, who knows how long Luka will want to be there. Like, all right, cool. We lost Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Kyrie. Now I got Now I'm back to starting point one. Who knows if Luka really wants to go through that, man? Yeah, that's that's a good point. That Kyrie trade is looking worse and worse every day, especially if they don't get into the play-in, which it's looking like they probably won't because the Thunder have a really easy schedule moving forward. Yeah, man, that's that. I I had actually we're going to talk about that as well too later in the episode. Is is or is the Mavs are going to you know get into that play? And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think so, but we'll we'll get into some more reasons later on. But let me know your fourth team. Uh, I th- I would say. The Clippers, number four, um, because if they don't win this year, it's kind of like, do we restart? Is should Paul George go? Like, what are we doing here? Kawhi might get a little pissed off uh, because he's getting on the older side and they don't really have much assets to make a big splash anymore. So I think the Clippers, because they've had championship robust expectations for so many years now and they can't stay healthy. Um this is a time to strike because Kawhi, when Kawhi gets into the playoffs, you can beat anyone. That, that's for sure. So as long as you got a healthy Kawhi, you got a chance. But if you start losing, like they're probably going to lose this year, I, I don't expect them to win the championship because they've been inconsistent. Uh, then, you know, who knows what happens next for the Clippers? Do they rebuild or retool? Man, I'm right there with you. I, I, I also have the Clippers right there. Uh, when when you look and think about it, they've had the right pieces. So they've had the two superstars in Kawhi and PG now for three years. They've, they've been together. Mm-hmm. They've had the right pieces around them. You know, they they've gone through several role players like Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. They've just just ran ran through Reggie Jackson, ran through. Uh, now now they brought Eric Gordon. So they've had a whole bunch of role players that's ran through uh, ran through that team and either not worked or they've just always blamed somebody else. They've mm-hmm. had. Um, depending on how you look at it, they've had uh, Doc Rivers, a relatively good coach. You know, some people, <laughs> some people, some people wouldn't say he's the greatest coach. Some people would say, like, I mean, he's a championship yeah. coach at the end of the day, right? I got at least I'm going to give him that. In my opinion, I feel like every single year, all I hear are excuses, 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 and they fly under the radar. Why? And I'm not even only saying this because I'm a Lakers fan. They're the little bros. They're the little yeah. brothers of the Lakers and. If they're not, if they don't do good, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the TV. It doesn't hit news. It doesn't hit media because it's like, mm. oh, well, we're worried about the Lakers. Oh, the Lakers aren't doing good or the Lakers won or the Lakers lost. They're never really worried about the Clippers. And I'm, I'm done with that. I'm, not, I'm done with the Clippers flying under the radar, man. They've had the pieces. They've had the stars. Depending on how you want to look at it, they've had the coaches. I, no, no more excuses, man. It's time for, it's time for them to do it. Yep. That's that's a really good point. Um, I'm going to number three now. Um, I got the number three. I got the Golden State Warriors because they're kind of in. There's a lot of internal issues going on involving their front office, and this could be like the last year of Draymond, Clay, and Steph Curry being together. And we've seen when those three are healthy, it's really hard to beat them in a series. 
But in terms of money issues, they might lose Draymond. There's some rumors going around that he might leave. So I think if the Warriors don't get far, they, they're like a first-round exit, that could implode uh, the, the, the dynasty that they built. So I think this is a huge year for them um, because it might be their last year to really compete for a title with the core three that has been around along with Steve Kerr and Bob Meyer. So that's why I got the Warriors there. I like that. I like that pick a lot. Uh, that'd be crazy if we do see the Warriors dynasty end, because I mean, from, from our age, I mean, our age and where we've been watching basketball around mm-hmm. like, you know, 2014, 2015 is when they kind of really started to take off and evolve and really completely change the game in a whole new way. And the game's played in a whole different way now because of them, you know, they started that trend and, uh, and now to see maybe the dynasty come to an end. That's a, that's big. Not gonna lie. That's huge. But um, that's not who I have in my third seed. I'm mm. my third team. My third team, I have uh, the Nuggets. You know, you talked about it. Um, I mean, w- I just said excuses, right? I think I with the Nuggets, I'm constantly hearing excuses this season. And, and I mean, some some of those excuses are are are, are like acceptable, right? The the whole mm-hmm. MPJ situation. I mean, he was an important player, and then he was out for heck a long uh, Jamal Murray situation. I, I I understand that, but this season, there's no excuses. They've had the healthiest roster all season long. So out of the entire NBA, their starting five has played the most games together. They got the stars. They got players like Aaron, Aaron Gordon having arguably an all-star season. MPJ stepping up to the plate. Jamal Murray just yesterday. I know they lost to the Pelicans, but you know, he was trying to do his thing while, uh, while Jokic was out. So they got everything that they need. Jokic is a back-to-back MVP. And look at this. As an MVP, especially as a back-to-back MVP, you need to be competing for the title every single year because that means that you you are either the best player or close to the the best player in the league so in my opinion you need to be if not in the finals getting close to the finals be making a serious finals push and a serious finals run and uh for Jokic to honestly not even be in the conversation this last couple of years of uh I mean not just Jokic, Jokic and the Nuggets not even in the conversation of you know being able to get a ring I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on them man because He's always getting a pass, but um, I feel like the NBA media is coming down on him as of late. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so I don't think he's going to get a pass no more this year. I think pressure, the hammer's coming down on him if he doesn't win this year. Yep. Um, I agree with that. So, uh, number two, I got the Sixers uh, because James Harden seems like he's playing the best basketball he has played uh, for the Sixers, definitely compared to last year. He was a shell of himself, especially in the playoffs. Who knows? If he'll be a shell of himself because he's dealing with an Achilles injury supposedly uh, for a bit now, but it seems like he's way better than last year's three point shots better. Uh, Joel Embiid, I just need him to stay healthy for one playoff run. Just give, please, basketball <laughs> guys, just give him one healthy playoff run because throughout his career, he hasn't gotten one and he's a little banged up right now, but him being a little banged up is basically him being 100% healthy. And I believe this is the most complete team uh, they've they've had around Joel Embiid. Uh, going back to the Jimmy Butler team, I would say that was their best team, but Joel Embiid was nowhere near the caliber player he was with that Jimmy Butler team. And also, that bench was terrible. They had Greg Monroe coming off the bench and James Ennis. Now you got DeAnthony Melton, Jalen McDaniels. Uh, Daniel House in certain matchups, and George Niang, he can play against the Bucs. He plays really well against the Bucs. So I believe this is the most complete team they have. They also got Tyrese Maxey, who's, who's going to be a productive 20 efficiently, and hopefully Tobias Harris is the good version of him. Um, but 
there's no more excuses. I know Doc Rivers is a iffy coach, but if Joel Embiid's healthy, they should get past the second round. There's no, there's no excuses. And then once you get past the second round, anything could happen, but the pressure should be on them. I would not be mad if you had them at the one position, um, but I'm just putting them at the two position because my next team, I believe they're the best team in basketball, and there's no debate about that. But, yep, that's why I got the Sixers number two. Okay, see, so I almost went Sixers one, but I'm I'm not, and I'll get it. I'll get into why I got my number one team, and I think mm. you might have the same number one team. Um, but I when for my coming down my number two spot, I also have the seven Philadelphia seventy sixers. I mean, you said it best. Um, the only the only thing I would add is that Joel Embiid is twenty nine. He has yeah. no MVPs, no conference, no Eastern Conference Finals, no rings. He has nothing to really show for. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player. Like mm. for, for people who watch the game, for people who understand basketball, he, he, he got, in my opinion, he got robbed of one of those Jokic MVPs. Like I think he should have had at least one of those Jokic uh, back-to-back MVPs. So he got robbed for one. But when we, when we look at it, he has, still has no MVPs, still no rings, still no Eastern Conference Finals, 29 years old. Got to be feeling that pressure. Um, and I think I love that point that, that, that you brought up of like every single year we've seen Joel Embiid dominant, but Maybe his, you know, his co-star, his teammates, maybe not so dominant. Joel Embiid dominating Ben Simmons with the whole Ben Simmons situation. Joel Embiid dominating other Tobias Harris, not stepping up to the player that Tobias Harris once was. So he's always had some someone holding him back. And I think this year with, you know, James Harden, uh, depending on how you look at the numbers, arguably having the best career of his season, um, especially, you know, definitely uh, uh, setting Joel up and assist-wise and mm-hmm. just being a playmaker, 100% best season of his career. Um, I mean, the Sixers got to go after it. I always said the championship window is like this big, man. So mm-hmm. if, if you got a chance for it, you go all in, do everything you can uh, to get it done. Uh, so that's who I got in my number two. I'm really interested to hear your number one. <laughs> my number one is the Celtics okay. because, I mean, there's if you look at the roster, there, there's no flaws on their roster. I believe if they lost to the Bucks or the Sixers, it would be because they it self-inflicted wounds because the matchup for the Sixers is tough because they got out Orford and Embiid likes to sit in the paint. Brooke Lopez likes to sit in the paint. Giannis likes to sit in the paint. So when you have a five-out offense, you're going to get threes for days. And if you're hitting those threes, it's going to be very tough for the Bucks and Sixers to beat them. And then not only that, they got Malcolm Brogdon, who would start on pretty much any other team in the league coming off the bench. Like, come on, it, it's going to take a Jason Tatum disaster class uh, to really uh, to really lose to the Bucks or Sixers, um, in my opinion. I just think they have the most complete roster, and they match up well against every team, and it seems like the other teams is a matchup nightmare to go against the Celtics. Now, we've seen them kind of struggle in the second half of the season, but once again, I believe that that's because just self-inflicted wounds, like them, them coming out, um, relaxing, taking too many threes, not really driving to the basket as much, uh, kind of getting a little too cocky, not taking care of business. Um, so I just think the Celtics are just so far above roster-wise, uh, basically every team in the league, in my opinion. Man, you have no idea how happy I am to hear you say that. Look, so I, I've been having a conversation with uh, my brother or like uh, just uh, you know, other homies that watch the NBA, and I, I, that's been my take. The Celtics have been the best team in the league. I think hands down, I think there's not really a debate. I, don't, I know um, I know that uh, the Bucs have a, have a better record, but I think just when you look at 
their team, look at their whole, look at their, their totality. I think the Celtics have been the best team. And I have not, I have, you're the first person I've, that I've gotten that like totally agrees with me, right? Like a lot of people are like, uh, I don't think, I don't think it's so clear. It could maybe be the Bucks. It could, it, a lot of people have even thrown me even say even the Sixers as, as, as far as that, that might, that might be a stretch, but um, some people, some people have, have, have done that. But I think at the end of the day, the Celtics do have the deepest roster in the league. And last year, the, the, re- and the, the reason why they have the biggest pressure to win a championship this year is last year, they choked on the biggest stage possible. Like mm-hmm. the biggest stage of them all, right? And like Jason Tatum, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Kobe guy. That's actually why I'm a Lakers fan. And I got it. That's how I got into the Lakers is just, you know, Kobe. And Jason Tatum always talks about Kobe, 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 Kobe. And Kobe Bryant talks about in the 08 when he lost against the Celtics, he said like that was a, like a scar tissue loss. Like he held on to that and that was the worst loss of his career. And then 2010, they came back and won. He was like, that was one of, that was one of the best wins of my life. So I think if if Jason Tatum, you know, wants to embrace that Kobe, that mama mentality, that all that that he's always talking about, this is when he needs to show it because he of of all of more than anyone on that on that squad, I think choked last year in the in in that finals because as the as a star player, as the MVP, as the best player on the team, once we get to a certain level, I gotta be able to just to give you the ball and say, please go get it done for us. And he just wasn't able to do that. Uh, and then you talk about the great roster. If you don't win this window, I mean, if you don't win the championship, and Jalen Brown leaves, oh. you will never, you will never have a roster this good ever again. I, I'm not saying Jalen Brown's gonna win MVP, but his numbers are like they're not far from an MVP candidate numbers. So, yeah. I mean, I would say if you don't win this championship this year, and Jalen Brown leaves because he's a free agent at the end of next year, you just you just lost a lifetime opportunity. That's like my that's my only hope. As a Sixers fan, like maybe there's a little internal trouble going on um, because of the Jalen Brown situations like that. Co- those comments Jalen Brown made like a week ago, like that's a little discouraging to hear if I'm a Celtics fan, because like you're trying to win a title and this dude's talking about not feeling the love for from the fans and the organization. But you're trying to win the title and maybe Udoka was a bit bigger um, reason they made it because there have been times throughout the, the Celtics um, run that they look kind of mentally fragile or they kind of like, crumble under the pressure. And Udoka was that guy who would go in the press conference and call them out uh, for their, their stuff. So maybe Udoka was a huge reason, reason why he kept everyone together and called out Jason and Jalen Brown for when, they took their foot off the gas pedal because we've seen that. We've seen them lose to the Rockets this year and really just they, – they should have had the first seed locked up easily. They should have locked up the first seed, but they took their foot off the gas. So maybe Missoula is just not that guy. That's my only hope. But at the end of the day, you saw yesterday putting up 140 against the Bucks like it was nothing. So it's like when this team's locked in and they're together and Jason Tatum is playing – like he's capable of, capable of. I don't. I don't see how you can beat him. It's gonna take self inflicted wounds, like I said. Absolutely, absolutely. I have n- nothing to add to that, and I'm happy we are we are in agreement with that. Um, and, and and I'm not gonna lie. It hurts my heart to say that as a Lakers fan, man. It hurts my yeah. heart. But but that's how great they are. You know what I'm saying? I gotta give yeah. it to them. That's how and great their, they are. Their defense. I mean, I think that's a big difference from last year. Their defense was their calling card. And this, their defense kind of took a step back this year. But you see when 
they're at their best, their defense, their top five defense when they're locked in. And now their offense seem to have upgrade from Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White stepping up, Jason Tatum getting a little better, having finals experience under his belt, getting defended like a Kobe. He has that under his belt. So I think the offense is just naturally better. And they have that defense to they have that top five defense when they want it. But this year, uh, they kind of took the foot off the gas at times. And the defense has kind of, in terms of stats, gone downhill. But offensively and defensively, you can make an argument top five in both categories. And that's how you get to the finals, if we're being real. Yeah, absolutely. And and would you would you feel comfortable giving Joe Masula, and, and we don't got to get too crazy into this, but would you feel comfortable giving Joe Masula the coach of the year? Uh, I think, I, I think I got to go Mike Brown. Mm, for sure. Okay. Okay. I heard, I heard that take this morning. See, the only, only reason why I wanted to ask that is because, I mean, the Celtics are doing this. And when you look at the, what happened, like Joe Masula got given his team four days before training camp. He, <laughs> he, he was told that he's going to be the head coach four days before training camp. And don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The players do it. The players are out there scoring. They're on their, on the court, but mm-hmm. the coaches have a big part of, 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 you know, you know, what's going on and strategy and all that. So, I think for the Celtics to you know still be a top two seed uh, at yeah. this point, I, I I'd be looking at Joe Masula, man. But Mike Brown, he did make history, so <laughs> got to give him that. That is true. That is true. All right, cool, cool. So let's go ahead and get to our last segment of the show here, brother, and that is the yay or nay. Very simple. I got a statement here. Uh, you let me know if you're you know yay on it or nay, and uh, we could discuss it a little bit further. Um, so. We t- I talked talked about it earlier. I said we were going to talk about the Mavs, so let's go ahead and get into it, man. Yay or nay? Will the Mavs make the play-in? They're currently sitting at the eleventh seed, <laughs> one game away from the tenth seed. Mm. I think they will. The reason is because I think OKC has a couple more losses under their belt, even though they got a pretty. Actually, I'm looking. They got the Suns and the Warriors, OKC. Yeah, I, I think the Mavs should get over OKC because Shea has been like sitting out uh, a couple of games. So he's probably going to sit out a couple more games if that injury is for real. So I think Dallas should get in the play in. Do they win the play in? Who knows? But I think they should. Ah, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you, brother. I went back and forth with this a whole bunch of times and I kept looking at. OKC schedule, kept looking at Mavs schedule. And I mean, it's 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 not clear which one is which one is harder. Both yeah. both play some top teams, uh, both also play some bottom feeder teams. So it's not clear which one is 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 harder. So with my with my answer, I'm gonna go with yes, they make the play-in. So yay for that, because I, I just have to trust on in, in Kyrie and Luca, right? I mean, I have to trust that Kyrie, Luca, and that entire team has to rally around and say, yeah, like. We didn't bring Kyrie here to miss the play-in. Like we we need to do this. Like we got to come together. And however they do it, uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, if 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 I'm gonna be a betting man, I'm gonna put my money on Luca and Kyrie versus Oklahoma City Thunder that's been sitting Shea a couple of games. So yep. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Yay. They do make the play-in, but I think they could be a bounce in the first in the play-in, first game or so or so in the play-in. Yeah. I, I see Mavs fans wanting wanting to tank, and I was like, what? You're trying to tank with Luca. Like, say <laughs> they get into the play and, and they win and they get the eight seed. You're telling me Luca can't give them a chance against that Nuggets team? I mean, Luka I've seen Luke, I've seen Luca play up against Paul George and Kawhi and take them to seven games. 
Like, even though they look terrible right now, Luka is a different being in the playoffs. I'm not saying they would beat the Nuggets, but I think if Luka's on top of his game, Kyrie's on top of his game, and those shooters are making wide-open shots, like the shock quality Luka produces, I still give them, I give them a fighter's chance against anyone because you got prime Luka and his game rises in the playoffs. Absolutely, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm noted on the record of saying multiple times, like when you have two players of that caliber, when you have those players that are just, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. Kyrie is a first class prima donna. Don't get me wrong. He's annoying. All this <laughs> and that. Don't get me wrong, but he's going to be a hall of famer. He's going to be a hall of famer. No doubt about it. Luca is going to be a hall of famer. No doubt about it. And when I say, when you have two players of that caliber on your team, you have a chance. You have a, you, you have a shot. Now, how great of a shot do you have? That depends on you no know, coaches, surrounding pieces. Um, but as long as you have two great players like that, you always have a shot. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, they played the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I don't, I don't have all my money on the Nuggets here. I mean, mo- the majority yeah. of my money would be on the Nuggets, but it's not a, it's not a clear choice here, man. I mean, Luka and Kyrie could pick it up. And what what Luka did to the Suns, the Suns were a better yeah. team than the Mavs. But then Luka by himself torched the Suns by himself just tore up that whole team. Um, so I, I gotta, yeah. I gotta go, go the Suns, the Suns were a 64 win team. People forget <laughs> they were a 64 win team and he just, he made them look like a 40 win team, man, man. Oh man. Yeah. That'd be crazy. If we get, if somehow the Mavs sneak in there and then knock out the, the, the Denver Nuggets in the first round, my head would just spin upside down. It'd be crazy, man. But, um, I would but love right. it. I would, I would love, love to see it. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. But all right, brother, this question, you, you're going to love this question right here. All right. Yay or nay? Oh. Are the 76ers serious title contenders? Uh, I think yay. I think um, the offense has been a top five offense. They haven't had that um, throughout the Embiid era. Um, and their defense is somehow a top 10 defense. I test wise, I do not see their defense as good as that. Um, but I don't know. It seems like I really trust their offense if Harden um, is healthy and and beads healthy. Um, I think they they have the offensive firepower and they got some pieces defensively. Of course, Embiid as the rim protector, um, definitely a more complete team than ever before. But like I said, it all hinges on Joel Embiid's health. And thus far in his NBA career, he has shown he can't stay healthy playoff wise, even though a lot of those injuries like a Siakam elbow to the face when we were up by like 30 points, unlucky stuff. But at this point, uh, you can't say it's unlucky because it's a consistent thing. So I'm banking on him probably missing a couple of games and that's going to hurt them because last year, if he's healthy during that heat series, I mean, I, I think they take them to seven games or they win in six because you saw the difference he made and he was a shell of himself um, in that heat series. So it just all hinges on Embiid's health, but that's a, that's a thing. He's never healthy in playoffs. <laughs> okay. I like that. So I'm, I, I agree. I'm yay. I think they're serious title contenders, but here's my caveat. Mm. I think they're serious title contenders because of Joel Embiid, James Harden and the roster they have. But yeah. honestly, I'll be honest, brother. I can't see a scenario. And I tried, i tried really hard last night. I was trying to think of it. I can't see a scenario where they beat the Bucks or the Celtics in the seven game series. I'm just having a very I don't hard see the time. I don't see the I don't see the Celtics. I see the Bucks because I think we match up well. Um, like 
there's a lot of guys on the Bucks like Joe Ingles, uh, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, even like even though they got the number one defense or whatever, I don't trust their defense outside of uh, Giannis, Brook Lo- uh, Lopez, and Drew Holiday. But outside of them, like there's a lot of pieces that Harden can mismatch hunt, and you can put them in a pick and roll. And I was wa- like the last Bucks Sixers game, they made Harden look like Houston Harden. One thing he never does is get to the rim and lay it up consistently easily. And that dude was getting to the rim easier than I've ever seen in a Sixers uniform. And it was against the Bucks because they had Jay Crowder, who I think has taken a step back defensively. Joe Ingles, terrible. Grayson Allen. I'm wondering why Pat Connington's not in the rotation. That's just weird to me. And Chris Milton, not only offensively, but defensively, he's taken a step back. And a lot of people forget the Bucks were a top five offense during their championship run, and they relied on Chris Milton shot making. And right now, his game against the Nuggets last time, he, w- he, was, he was inefficient. Last night against the Celtics, inefficient. Sixers, he got played off the court defensively, and he was inefficient. Not having Chris Middleton to where he was during that finals run, that's why I don't believe in the Bucks. Now, Chris Middleton can easily turn it on in the playoffs, but... If the Bucs do get past the Celtics or the Sixers, it's going to take Chris Middleton averaging 20 points efficiently. And what I've seen thus far in the regular season, I don't know if he has that in him, just health-wise. I'll, de- I'll definitely give you that because I have noticed that. I mean, uh, Chris Middleton has not been the same. And I mean, one thing that I- I've said last year is like Giannis has been the player for the Bucs one through three, and Chris Middleton has been the closer. Chris Middleton, yep. has, he was the closer for them last year, and and he's going to have to be the closer for them this year because like how, you, like how we've mentioned before, playoffs, the game is played differently and, they, and they're going to kind of make Giannis shoot a little more. And don't get me wrong, Giannis has worked on his jumper a lot, but I don't think nobody's you know, confident on Giannis. Is, um, him just shooting just consistent, uh, just those consistent jumpers. Um, I mean, some, I mean, unless he's playing the Lakers because then he'll just get off. He'll just start hitting every, <laughs> every three. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, if you got to choose between Chris Middleton just getting all these jumpers and Giannis getting all these jumpers up, um, you're definitely gonna go. You're definitely gonna go with Giannis. And if Chris Middleton isn't um, that closer, then I agree that could mm. um, that could bring them some trouble. The only the only reason why I was leaning more for the Bucks is just on the experience side. I mean, when if, yeah. you, if we're at an Eastern Conference Finals, so as as big, I don't think anyone on that on that um, anyone that's getting big minutes on that Sixer squad really been there like that. Um, so that's that's the only reason I go for that. But before we get off the Sixers, I want to ask you something. So, so right now we got the Bucks at the first seed, Celtics at the second seed, and then and then we have the Seventy Sixers as the third seed. I think the Bucks and the the Celtics are in the class of their own. Bucks are yeah. you know, maybe maybe a tier below them. The 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 Seventy Sixers, you know, you you made a great argument, made a great debate on as to maybe they could be right there with the Bucks or maybe just right a little bit below. But what I want to ask you is. Where, where are the Cavs? Are they clearly a tier below the 76ers or are they right there as well? Oh, uh, no, they're they're right there. And I think Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he can go off against any team. Um, plus, defensively, if they go up against the Bucks, which I believe they would if they got past the Knicks, which Knicks are a quality team, they could definitely beat the Cavs. But if they go up against the Bucks, they got some bodies to throw out, throw at Giannis, like Evan Mobley, um, Jared Allen. And Lamar Stevens, I mean, you've you got a bunch of big bodies physically who can 
at least stand a chance against Giannis. I mean, I don't think they're going to have success, but it's better than a lot of other teams. So having Donovan Mitchell, I think you have a chance um, to outscore the Bucks, maybe, but it's going to be tough. I think they're a little under the Bucks Celtic Sixers, but I think they can take the Bucks like six games, kind of like the Hawks did a few years ago. Um, but if the Sixers played the Bucks, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, if the Sixers play the Cavs, I would be a little scared because B. Mitch and Garland they can get buckets and defensively, they got some rim protection. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm right there with you. I do think, yeah, I do think this. Like I mentioned, the Celtics are uh, head, head of heels above, above everyone, but. The only place I would disagree a little bit is I think that the Sixers are, I think they're a, a tier above the, 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 the Cavs only because I don't know if the, the Cavs are balling now, but the Cavs are doing this like as, as, a, as a whole, as a collective, as a squad. And I mean, the Sixers are too as well. But when you have an MVP type caliber player, when mm. you could just say like, yo, like, I'm, like everything has broken down. The offense is broken down. We've tried to run all these plays. We, nothing has worked. Can you just go get us a bucket? I, I think there's a huge separation between Joel Embiid and Donovan Mitchell. And don't get me wrong, Donovan Mitchell is a great player. Uh, beginning of the season, I was very high on the on the Cavaliers. But I mean, I think when we're just looking at tiers, I do think they'd be a tier um, below the 76ers, and that that would be a really good matchup, actually. You know, uh, 76ers and and uh, and Cavs. That'd be a really good matchup. They'd be going at it. I mean, that'd be kind of you know, Joel Embiid would have to kind of by himself handle uh, Jared Allen, uh, be able to take on um, um, Mobley, be able to take on Rob, uh, Robin Lopez. I mean, they're just going to be throwing bodies at them. And then, and then the guard position, I mean, I think this, the, the Cavs probably got a little, as a whole, probably got better guards than the, than the 76ers. So that would be a really even matchup. Uh, great matchup, actually. Didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the one thing that stopped me from believing in the Cavs is they got no shooting. Um, so I think teams are just going to pack the paint and live with a Coro shooting threes, live with Evan Mobley shooting threes and who, who's ever out there. So that's why I believe they should put Karis LeVert in the starting lineup, even though he's not as good of a shooter. He also brings a little more self-creation. And I think his game, even though his stats are down, his game uh, trends towards the playoffs way better than uh, a lot of those players that they play above him, like Lamar. Lamar Stevens got 41 minutes against the Hawks. Like, why is Lamar Stevens getting 41 minutes? I understand he's better defensively, but offensively, he's probably just holding you back because, I mean, you got Donovan Mitchell. You don't want just teams packing the paint and letting guys shoot who are probably not going to make threes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I definitely am right there with you here, my, uh, my brother. So let's go ahead and, um, and get to the last uh, statement that we have here for the yay or nay and last statement that we have here for the episode. And uh, we talked about it at the beginning. I said, yo, brother, how do you feel about the Kings? We were talking about it. They, you know, they made the playoffs. So now I got to ask, yay or nay, are the Kings playoff pretenders? <laughs> oh, man. If they go up against the Warriors, I'm going to have to say yay. Um. Their defense is suspect. I, honestly, I don't know. I, I could see it going both ways. I could see their offense being even better in the playoffs, even though the game does slow down. Uh, I, th- I think their defense can maybe take a step up because of Mike Brown, and he's shown that he can adjust in ways a lot of Western Conference coaches 
don't seem to adjust, in my opinion. So I don't. I'm. St- I gotta see the first couple playoff games. Give me one playoff game for the Kings, and then I'll get back to you on that. But <laughs> um, I'd probably say yay because it just seems like they're gonna have a bad matchup. Like they're either gonna face the Clippers, the Suns, or the Warriors. Like that's not fair. Come on now, <laughs> man. Uh, they're they're like, come on. This is my first time here. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah, gotta nah. face the Warriors. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, I feel you. Um. I, I'm I'm yay on that as well. I mean, I look at their roster. <laughs> Only two players I have deep playoff experience is Harrison Barnes, who gets solid minutes, and Matthew Delvadova, who is just there to be a vet. And I mean, he he I actually got a picture with him. I went to Kings game, got a picture with him. Fighting my my, my drop that right here in the video, man. But shout out Matthew Delvadova. <laughs> but that's but that's besides the point. Um, I think that yay, they are some playoff pretenders because. We talked about it earlier. We said, look, man, the playoffs is played differently. And what do the Kings do? The Kings are playing very fast paced, running and gunning. The playoff is slow down, half court set and get into it from there. I don't know if they're going to really be able to to uh, to uh, to continue that and you'll continue that, that that fast pace. I will say Sabonis and Darren Fox half court pick and roll is great. I love Ooh. that. Um, I think that will be good for, good, good for the playoffs. But ultimately, Right now, they are the third seed, and that means they would play the Warriors. No matter how good Sabonis and Darren Fox's half-court set pick-and-rolls are uh, in playoffs, what matters is experience and being there. And the Warriors have nothing but experience. So uh, I'm going to have to go with yay, man. I think they're, I think they're, they're some playoff contenders. Yeah, I would agree. And if the Warriors get Wiggins back, too, that would, that would be bad for the Kings because – Wiggins being out low-key can be a blessing in disguise if he comes back because Kaminga has really stepped up stepped up in terms of the Wiggins role. He's not as good, obviously, but if Wiggins does come back, then you got another trustable piece in Kaminga that the Warriors didn't have last year. And he's an athletic freak and he's another body who can guard anyone. He can guard Luca, he can guard KD, he can guard D Book. He probably won't have success. He's gonna get in foul trouble at times, but He's he's that archetype that is so crucial in the playoffs. And I think that's a aspect that not a lot of people are thinking about. Like Kaminga, he's gotten into the rotation because Wiggins has been out. And if Wiggins was there, he would not be in the rotation. So hopefully Wiggins comes back because he had a crazy year last year. Um, and if he is back, the Warriors, they're beating anyone. <laughs> Let's be yeah. real. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do agree with that. I do think, yeah, if Wiggins is back, the Warriors are now uh, in the same position they were last year, which is, I mean, now t- title contenders, because I've said this a lot of times before. Last year, I did not pick the Warriors. I don't think anyone really had the Warriors winning a championship last year, but because of, because of experience, because they had the right pieces, they were kind of flying under the radar during the regular season. I believe they finished as a third seed last year and then, and then just turned it on during the playoffs because they know exactly how to do that. They got players that's, that's been there. But what I will say is that Andrew Wiggins played an instrumental part in, yeah. in what the Warriors did last year. Instrumental, yeah. like playing amazing defense, guard, guarding some of the best players on the other teams, playing against Jason Tatum, really mm-hmm. putting, the, putting the clamps on him, to the, like, let's be honest, and still being able to produce a, a positive on the offensive end. So what I, will say that I, what I will say is this. If Andrew Wiggins doesn't come back for the playoffs, I do think the Warriors are going to be able to handle the Kings – with or without Wiggins, only because of that that experience factor. But moving forward from there, I don't think the Warriors go past anyone else without Andrew Wiggins. They're a struggle on defense already. So to miss your best defensive player, very scary. 
I will say I agree with that, but Clay was also kind of a shell of himself uh, last year in the playoffs, and I think they're going to get a better version of Clay. Uh, plus, I, I feel like Steph is better than he's ever been before because last year at the finals, that was a crazy uh, dominant performance from Steph. And it just seems like he's seen every type of defense and he's more confident than he's ever been. So, like, having Steph against anyone, it's going to be tough to stop that because he, he's playing the best basketball of his life and he's just mentally higher than a lot of teams in the West, like, in terms of facing any kind of defense. Plus, his, plus I think the factor that killed Boston last year is Steph's stamina is ridiculous. And I think a lot of times Steph was running around and Boston was gassed out of their mind. And Steph's like, I feel like it's the first quarter. <laughs> so if you have Steph, you got a chance against anyone, especially in the wide open West. Uh, the only team I would probably pick against them is Suns, Clippers. But Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, I'm picking the Warriors just based off um, past knowledge. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally feel you, man. And 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 if the Suns and the Warriors do play, I mean that's that that's gonna be. I feel like um, two worlds, you know, going at like experience and chemistry, and the, we've been together since 2014, 2015, really doing this. Versus, we clearly got a better team, but uh, but let's see if we can put this together in you know five, six, seven days. Uh, so mm -hmm. let's see, let, let let's see, man. That'll be a great matchup. Um, but all right, all right. Well, I, th I think this is a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, this was a great episode, my brother. We, you know, we covered a lot of things. Um, we started with our fun little guest to player game, got into some news around the league, uh, mm -hmm. talked about our top five teams with the most pressure, then finished off with some yay or nay. Uh, my boy, do you have any last words to say before we uh, get out of here? I know we got playoffs coming around the corner. You are a Sixers fan. Um, just please, please, basketball gods, healthy run. I don't even care if we get a first round exit. Just give us a healthy run. Because I believe if Embiid's healthy, he could finally get past the second round. And I don't got to hear any more second round jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all heard it here first, man. Come on, let's make it happen. Let's keep Embiid healthy, man. I love that. And AD. And, and AD. AD. Because and the AD. Lakers, Lakers, they're taking out the Nuggets round one. Hey, I, I'm, I'll say this, man. The Lakers have not had the greatest season. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, didn't have the greatest roster. But since that trade... And since yeah. the whole new roster, and if they can put it together, the Lakers, in my opinion, are the scariest playing team. Because you do not want to see For a team sure. with LeBron, Le LeBron, Anthony Davis, and the right pieces around them that are now finally getting healthy. So I I'll say that, man. I, I catch a lot of Lakers hate this year. <laughs> they can play defense and they can play offense. And you can't say that about a lot of teams in the West. Man, man, oh, man, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited just to, just to show the world, man, or – the Lakers show the world what they really about, man. But um, for the family out there, man, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, as, uh, as I said in the beginning, uh, if you guys want to go check out all of Rom's work, it'll all be in the description down below. All his social medias, all of his um, YouTube channels, all that will be description down below. Make sure to get at him. Um, appreciate you, my guy, for giving us some time. And um, mm -hmm. if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out.